views expressed during this show are mine and my co-host alone and not reflective of any particular political party or organization. Welcome to Purple Politics, a discussion between the red and the blue here in the Woodlands, brought to you by the Woodlands Online. My name is Amy Hamrick-Lewis. I'm the chair of the Montgomery County Democratic Party, and I'm joined by Sean Thompson, area Republican. That's me. And this week we were supposed to talk about... <laughs> we, we had mentioned briefly last episode talking about SCOTUS, which of course that was going to kill us that week. Well, now some things are going to kill us this yeah, week. Yeah, so a so lot has happened. Lots happened. So let's freeform this best we can. <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying to commit to a shorter show today. First off, it's the weekend for us and there are right. people to see and things to do. But also I think we can hit our points without kind of beating them into the ground. Sure, so sure. Let's... Uh, Pick a topic and let's run with it. All right. Well, um, do we want to start with the closest and work backwards, or do we want to start? <laughs> let's start with the original plan. With SCOTUS. SCOTUS. Okay. Supreme Court of the United States, in case you were wondering what that meant. And so following the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm -hmm. um, with the election already happening, uh, President Trump made good on his promise to nominate a successor, and McConnell and the Senate Republicans have promised to push her uh, nomination process, her confirmation process, through as quickly as possible. Okay. So, of course, this brings up 2016, mm -hmm. when approximately nine months before the election, we had a judge pass away, and the Senate Republicans refused to let Obama nominate, or they, of course, let him nominate uh, his successor, but refused to even hold hearings or even uh, meet with mm -hmm. uh, Merrick Garland um, and talk about replacing him because it was an election year and the people need to decide. Well, it went beyond just being an election year. Don't forget, 29 times, oh, sorry, 29 presidents have nominated Supreme Court justices in election years, both Republican and Democrat. Of those, I believe, 25 successfully so. However, the last time that a president from one party and a majority senate from the other party approved the nomination was in 1888. <laughs> and so, so not very recently. 2016. Um, and to me, I think there's a lot of gray area in this. I, I abhor hypocrisy. I don't like trying to dig for justifications. However, statistically, the, the primary difference for me between 2016 and now is that there was no third term possible for Obama. That is true. That is a difference and because, of course, we do have we do have this. But there was also, I mean, it was nine months before the election. There was nine months of cases being brought to the Supreme Court. And this is where I don't disagree with you. I'm not a fan of what happened, and I knew that one day it would come to bite the Republicans, mm -hmm. and I thought it wouldn't happen so quickly. I thought after Kavanaugh, we'd have some breathing room for a while. Then I noticed uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's health issues were, were taking the forefront, and I, I really felt for her. Uh, a political opponent or not, she was a trailblazer. Second was. woman on the Supreme Court. I remember the first when Sandra Day O'Connor got in, and I was cheering along with everyone else because that was a ceiling that never, I don't think anyone thought would ever be broken. So I was ecstatic about that. Uh, I'm glad that she was treated in her final days and post-death with the respect she deserved for the most part. 
That's nope. debatable. No, for the most part. But not only, I mean, yes, Trump could possibly have a second term, but the election had already started. People were already voting. Yes. Why? There's no reason to not wait unless you're totally afraid that your candidate is not going to make it through the election process. It's a coin toss. It comes down to. And, and the, the rabbit holes I don't want to go down today, if we can avoid it, it's what would cause that fear. Fear of fraud, fear of this, fear of that, fear of voter suppression. It's, I think, both primary candidates right now are... Uh, to them, it's a coin toss. Neither of them know if they're going to get in. In fact, it's been well documented. Trump really felt he wasn't going to get elected and had a meltdown the night he did, mm-hmm. which kind of takes away, well, if he was a Russian plant from day one, that you can't have the two. Thought we weren't going down rabbit hole. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is that we agree he had a meltdown. It was like, oh, my God, I won. I wasn't supposed to win. No one thought it was. And in the early days, Republicans like me thought that he was a Democrat dressed in a red tie. The, yeah, and because yeah. it surprised us more than anyone else, and I was I was the first one to say, ah, it's it's a Barnum moment. He's going to say some stuff. He's going to do his thing. It's Perot, and he's going to get out. And many Republicans, it, it caught everyone off guard with that. So yeah, Trump is of course very concerned. I believe Biden is too. And so every president wants to have a legacy. If they are a one-term president, if you have a two-term presidency, you can concentrate on your legacy. You can kind of kick back and say, this is what it's going sure. to be long-term. So, long story short for me, I don't disagree with the apparent hypocrisy. There are differences. I don't even know if they add up to it. I felt that the GOP in 2016 should have let it happen. Again, let the mandate happen. I believe, for this case, it's a moot point. I believe, well, I believe that the president, much like RBG said, is... Uh, voted in for four years, and even mm-hmm. she said, if it's an election year, it doesn't matter, you, you fill a seat. So even she said that. Um, I'm no, no, I don't want to say that. Never mind. I was about to say something else that I don't want to go to. I'm picking my words carefully on this. Uh, but I feel either do it and then let the other side do it when it inevitably happens the next time, and just don't pull this. Let the chips fall where they may is how I'm trying to summarize this. Yeah, it's just the fact that the election already happened. If it that the, we're in the middle we of have the already people have already started casting their vote, and to try and slide something this big, the woman that he nominated is 48 years old. Mm-hmm. She can potentially be on the Supreme Court for 50 years. Absolutely. Hence, and, and that is a fear on. The other side. Exactly. And a, a real fear, meaning I'm not saying it's a real fear, but it's a, a justifiable fear. Right, right. I mean, it's just, there's no upside. There really isn't. It's it's. But can we talk about how she was previously vetted and approved by the Democrats for her previous judicial position? Of course. I mean, by the time you get up to that point, you have been vetted mm-hmm. usually several times. She does not have, though, the experience that a lot of other um, justices have had on both sides. And that's something that has been a staple of uh, Trump's nominations to the lower courts. He's been picking very young Republicans who have not been vetted I mean, not that they've not been vetted, but they haven't been vetted in the real world. They haven't had 
the experience that traditional picks on both sides to courts have had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I apologize, I'm not going to remember names, but there was one uh, gentleman that he picked who had almost no trial experience, mm-hmm. and he picked him for a trial, you know, uh, seat. That, if we can't trust that the judges who are hearing cases have the life experience to deal with them, I don't want an academic deciding a case that I'm involved in. I want somebody with real life experience who has been on both sides. So many people, so many attorneys have told me how much they learn as an attorney from the judge that hears their, the judges that hear their cases. And even here in Montgomery County, where of course we've not had a Democratic judge picked in, or not uh, elected in over 30 years, there are Democratic attorneys hearing cases in front of them. And there are several Republican judges who have the respect of the Democratic attorneys uh, because of the way they adjudicate their cases. And it, I just, to pass over all of that experience and put somebody in a seat because they're rich and a donor and young and you're going to get them for 60 years is... I mean, it just makes a mockery of what our judicial system is supposed to be. In theory, I don't disagree with you again. Uh, I won't hop on board that train all the way. There are multiple reasons, and yes, altruistic and non-altruistic reasons to, to go with someone younger and less experienced. And in honesty, our, previ- our, our current and immediate past president are kind of the living embodiments of that with experience in that particular field and lack thereof. I think both parties are kind of reaping what they sow with that, mm-hmm. uh, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to get into it, <laughs> to the COVID situation. But I do want to say, so there's plenty of reasons to be upset with this pick, to be worried about her um, impartiality, her objectivity, Um, She is a woman who has said that her husband is the leader in their household and she defers to him. And is that going to come into the decisions that she makes on the court? But I was thinking this morning about what has been happening with the COVID situation this week. Mm -hmm. The number of people who have come away from her um, nomination ceremony positive for COVID, the images and the videos we have seen of that confirmation with people not wearing masks, with people walking through the crowds, shaking hands and hugging and not practicing any sort of social distancing, and now they're all coming down. That's obviously hyperbole, but many of them are coming down with COVID. And we have not heard anything from her about that. Uh, about what in particular? The, about the, the, the fact process that people, continuing? No, about that... This was her ceremony. This was about her. And she did not take the leadership to say, let's practice proper medical etiquette here and mask. I want people to be wearing masks. I want people to be social distancing. Can we trust her judgment when her ceremony has led to what is the beginnings of a super spreader event? There is discussion on podcast yes, last night that I was listening to about how scared people in Republican leadership positions are to practice proper COVID 
procedures in front of Donald Trump because they're afraid he'll make fun of them and talk badly about them in the media and in his tweets. And so how do we trust leadership? Now they have exposed people to illness and possible death because they're afraid of the toddler in the White House throwing a temper tantrum. I can't imagine who, and I'm not going to say give me names because, you know, but if if you are of a, an elected position and you're afraid of being made fun of. So many of them are. So many of them wh- are. What's going to happen? Here's the thing. If Trump right, makes what's fun going of, to happen? No, right. if Trump makes fun of you, you know what? Democrats are going to vote for you, so you're in. There's to be terrified of, of Trump going, you're a mask-wearing poopy head. That's ludicrous. But we've seen it time and time again. We've seen it all through his presidency. People who Republicans... Then they lack conviction. They all lack conviction. That's the reason we're in this hellhole that we're in. Republicans who stood up to him when he was a candidate, who may have stood up to him at some point when he started going off the rails, but when push came to shove, would not vote against him, would not stop talking about... I mean, we have hours of footage of Lindsey Graham name-calling, saying that there's no way anybody in their right mind can possibly vote for him. He's a kook. And then literally days after his win, oh, he's... Now, in fairness, on both sides, there's footage of Kamala Harris, I'm sorry, calling Joe Biden a racist. And now she's saying, ah, it was just a debate. But they were running against each other. I mean, we're talking about Republicans who didn't want him to win the presidency because they didn't want to be in his party, working with him in Congress. Well, to many Republicans, I feel that, you know, they view Donald Trump as many mainstream Democrats, and hopefully that comes out sounding right, felt about Bernie Sanders. Or someone way left more than they want to be. To have someone, uh, many Republicans, when we have someone who's like uber far right or something, that that gives us the facial tick, much like I, I, I would believe Bernie Sanders would be the counterpart to that. I will you, say politically. I will not say personality-wise. Politically? Oh, politically. oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking, and here's the thing. Personality-wise, here's where a lot of my issues of what's going to kill us today, what's going what's, to, what's number one on the thing is, it's, it's all personality-based. People don't like Trump, and therefore he must be destroyed, impeached, and removed. But those aren't impeachable, destroyable, and removable offenses if you're not liked. But now we see what happens when you have somebody who doesn't respect science, who doesn't respect scientists. We have a super spreader event in the government. How many, it was at 10, I think, uh, Republicans that have come out of this bubble uh, over the past week are now positive. Mm -hmm. And now we know that, that some of them are positive People knew they were positive. But we've just broken the 2 million American positive rate in America. But they they let them still be in close contact without telling people that they were positive. And people have, they, Trump so disrespects science, he so disrespects Oh, nobody can think I'm weak. I can't be seen wearing a mask. It's a good thing he's not in the hospital right now. Around me. He's, because of the consequences of his own actions. But he's putting his faith in science. And, you know, if you're broadcasting from a hospital, that can come across as appearing weak. What I'm saying is we have a man who set up a super spreader event because people are afraid to 
use common sense measures in his presence. And my original point was, we have somebody who's been nominated to the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. Mm -hmm. These nine people are supposed to have the best judgment in the United States. And she allowed this event to go on in her name with no objection, and it has now the beginnings of a super spreader event. I don't think we can trust her judgment. She obviously puts her ambition and her fear of retaliation from her president ahead of safety and ahead of good judgment. Or possibly fear of the evisceration she'd get from the left. If she would get no evisceration from the left if she had stood up and said, this is going to be a smaller event, people are going to mask, people are going to social distance, she would not have been eviscerated from the left. She would have been eviscerated from Fox News and Breitbart and Hannity, but she would not have been eviscerated from the left. Well, she wouldn't be eviscerated by purple politics, I'll take that. We're, <laughs> we've been going about 15 minutes on this topic. Let's see if we can put a hard lid on it. Uh, something I don't think we're going to see fully eye to eye on. I, I would like to see the confirmation hearings continue with grilling on both sides, because I think that's what it's all about. The Democrats aren't helping themselves by saying, well, we're just not going to meet her. Well, well, no, they can't, because half of the Judiciary Committee has got COVID. Yeah, you know, it's called Zoom. <laughs> yes, well... We, we, we have Senate subcommittee hearings by Zoom. Uh, 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 not uh, Comey, just testified by Zoom. Oh, I have no problem with so, Zoom if they do it. I'm just saying I don't know their health status, that if, if they're even able to well, Zoom. And I don't, I also, honestly, I don't know the health status... I don't know what medications I may be on, but I don't want people doing a confirmation hearing if they're heavily medicated. I mean, that's... <laughs> no, that's something I can't agree with, <laughs> which is so... why this is a this is 2020 in a nutshell. 30-some-odd days, probably by the time you see this, 30 days or less from Election Day, and by golly, the president's got COVID. As there's a Supreme Court seat open, as this is going on, I, I'm telling you, I couldn't have written a better story. I mean, it just keeps going and going, going and going. Well, let's go on to the next one. So... Uh, to summarize, uh, I want the confirmation hearings to be as thorough as possible. I think the ball has been dropped by both sides on this, or maybe all parties concerned, uh, not to the point of she must be run out of town or he must do that, uh, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Because tomorrow, it may be said, because of COVID, it's all, we're off this track. Your, your final thought on it. Yeah, on so it. my thought is that we wait for the election. If Donald Trump loses, then we wait until Biden is inaugurated and it's his pick. Um, and if Donald Trump wins, then he can continue on. Can, can I ask a question? I'm not trying to belabor the point, but do we know who Biden would pick? Because I know over the media it's been, he's been asked, what, show us your list, and he hasn't. And he's been very coy about, well, that's not the topic. I'm asking you, Republican to Democrat, why do you feel he's not saying, well, I would pick A, B, or C? For all I know, he'd pick her. <laughs> I'm, I doubt sure it. But, but what but I'm saying is that there's there's no, at least we know who's on the short list. Right. Um, I don't know that I particularly care who's on his short list right now, to be perfectly honest. But wouldn't that kind of I mean, I, help people want to vote for or against him? Why I mean, why isn't he? My thought behind that is because if people saw that list, they'd be, oh, no, you know, we don't want that person on, so we'll, we'll go with Trump. And I, I can't think of another plausible reason, and I'm asking you for realsies, if, um, if maybe there is one. I mean, and on the one hand, it feels a little bit morbid if he were to have a list just ready, right? Because, I mean... 
I well, mean, I know... The I moon know, landing, they had two speeches. Uh, right, right. But, I mean, we... We know it's going to be a Democrat. We know it's going to be somebody left-leaning. It's more than likely, history has shown us, going to be somebody more moderate than very far left-leaning um, because that's who tends who the, the Democrats tend to pick. Uh, Merrick Garland was very moderate um, to the point where a lot of people weren't happy with this pick and figured that Obama only picked him because he thought a Rep- the Republicans might give in. Um, it would be interesting if Garland's name reappeared. Again, I, I feel if Biden did that, he would shore up some votes possibly. He might. He might. Um, I have not heard an explanation for why he doesn't have a shortlist or why he hasn't announced a shortlist. Like, like I said, I don't know that I care. Okay. Trump's shortlist ended up not being who his very shortlist ended up being. You know, he was putting out Ted Cruz and several <laughs> other names. And so, I think that was just a pulse meter just to get people's... Temples Very throbbing. possibly. But, um, you know, this Amy um, Barrett, I believe, was on one of his short lists, maybe when Kavanaugh was. She was, because I remember doing that initial research going. But she was, she definitely, you have not heard her name a lot through his administration. So right. I don't know how, um, how much stock to put into that. And I don't know, we don't know what's going to happen between now and January. I mean, he might not want to box himself into a corner where something changes and he wants to make a, a, a change, and then there's the, well, you know, Fair enough. switch, and, you know, we know it's going to be a Democrat, and frankly, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I mean... It, uh, Again, fair enough. Again, I'm just curious if, if there were po- other possible reasons. I'm sure there are, but just the one to me says that. Okay, we're at 20 minutes all now. Right, do we Shall- want to talk about the debate? Let's talk about <laughs> Grab the popcorn. (laughs) I laughed my head off. It it was approximately 22 seconds in when I realized what an ineffective, ineffectual moderator Chris Wallace was. They needed to get the kindergarten teacher of the year out there. And there would have been a whole different debate. It was the beautiful epitome of just showmanship and showlessness combined. Yeah, like a friend of mine said, we need to get one of these mothers who's been at home with her kids during COVID. Wooden spoon, <laughs> you know, forget the whole wooden spoon thing. Um, Yeah, it was a debacle. Uh, I think very, and of course, Democrats tend to say Biden came away with it, and Republicans want to say Trump came away with it. I'd say a full third is like no one. Can, they're both idiots. Yeah. I they debate wise showed well. I will say that when given at least partial time, I feel that Biden had the most understandable <laughs> points to make. Um, there were many did, times I was screaming at the president, "Shut up! Let him hang himself or not. You know, let him finish a sentence." And you know, the only way. Both are gaff-prone. And if one had let the other complete a semi-coherent thought, maybe points would have been scored. So I was the first one yelling, please, 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 just stop. So it was interesting, though, that you say that Republicans um, came out thinking Trump won because I actually spent the next morning listening to far right-wing radio Mm -hmm. to see what they said about it. And a lot of, and they had callers, so I'm not talking about the um, 
the host per the se, host, but the, right. But the just people, the people the street, who are dedicated enough to dial the same phone number forty two times to right. go through. Okay, I'm just letting us know that's the kind of person we're going to be right. Quoting and the here. majority of them thought that Trump did a terrible job, and one of him said, literally, he just lost us the White House. I believe it. And so it's interesting. Well, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I lost us. I thought you meant as a vote. You said it's the White House. I don't believe he lost the White House, but I do believe he lost. Many undecideds. They both came across. Oh, no, across. these weren't undecideds. These were pure Trump supporters who felt that he threw away the election mm-hmm. with the way that he acted. Now, unfortunately, I, I, I would take that person to face value, but of course, with the call-in program, this could be, you know, the Sanders family going, yeah. It could we be, but I've listened to these shows before, and they tend to be the hardcore conspiracy theorists calling in, the hardcore... Um, Those who love Alex Jones. Democrats kill babies in their spare time. Sorry, you're drinking. You don't? Um, Oh, not my spare time. That's my main job. That's my main job. (laughs) Um, So, yes, there could... I don't know what their screening process is. I've actually never tried to call in, even though I've thought about it. Um, But you listen to these enough, you tend to get a sense of who's calling in. These are not mainstream shows. These are, you have to find them, and if you spend the time finding them, you tend to, to follow along mm-hmm. with the host. And they But I would take angry. it at face value yeah. that there are some, <clears throat> I don't, again, I don't believe it's all the way to losing the White House. I believe for the most part, neither side, they're either going to stick with the position or they're going to go into, they're both idiots, I don't know who I'm going to vote for till my finger's over the button mm-hmm. on election day. So that's my take on it. They both came across petulant. Uh, uh, I felt Chris Wallace was the worst debater known to mankind. In in school, did you do debate club at all? I just very, like... Okay. But not, not... And I don't feel that... I don't feel that any um, political debate has ever really been, in recent times, a real debate. No, you know, they it, certainly it's don't. Soundbite central. Yeah, they certainly don't. Um, and I miss that. You know, the school I was in, you know, debate club would be you'd have five minutes to, mm-hmm. you know, be a pro, and then the bell would ring, and you'd have to immediately swap and not repeat any of the previous points of your opponent. And you were up there by yourself. You didn't have somebody interrupting you the entire time. Yeah, it was. this was a non-debate. Um, I'm looking forward to, to be honest, the vice presidential, vice presidential debate between um, Pence and... And Harris, she's a scrapper. Yep, he's an elder statesman. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. He's he's when you, <clears throat> it's what's the movie, uh, the American President? It's an Aaron Sorkin movie. Uh, Michael Douglas plays yeah. the president. Has uh, starts a and relationship. That, really and uh, since it's Aaron Sorkin, you know the Democrat president rocks. The Republican challenger sucks. It's just as in real life. As as. as, as well, well, we'll talk about... We need to do a West Wing episode sometime. Oh, yes. But but uh, with that, <clears throat> the shtick is uh, the Richard Dreyfus Republican challenger is going, I'm running, I'm Bob someone, I'm Bob Romson, and I'm running for president, I'm running for president. And at the end, uh, when the Michael Douglas president has his fill, and he's going, I'm Andrew Shepard, and I am the president. That kind of... that That's bipartisan. When you're in power for four years, you get to say, you know, have that... Who are you, little girl, little boy, whatever, you know. And so I don't know which way it's going to go. It could derail. It could not. I, I'm excited to see the vice presidential debate. Hopefully yeah. some some 
platforms, positions, and stances can be conveyed in one or two full sentences. I will be shocked if Pence acts even a tenth of the way. I, he does not tend to be an interrupter. He does not tend to be um, somebody who goes for the cheap shot. I will give him that. So, But I, I hope he be... doesn't take the now Kamala Oh, I'm, he, I, I know. hope he doesn't do because it would be too easy to do that. To, yeah. to you want to convey someone's inexperience or, or something, there are ways to do that. You know the old joke: people say I'm condescending. That's when you talk <laughs> down to people. You know, yeah. it's a joke, and I don't want to see it on a on a yeah. vice presidential. But she debate. can take it though. I mean, she, she is she a scrapper, and will she come it. back? I, yes, I'm looking absolutely. forward. Do we know when? I can't remember. I be, it's is it Tuesday seventh, so that would be Wednesday. Wednesday. I, I'm going to yeah. tune into that one. Yeah, uh, sure. I don't think it will have the ratings <laughs> value of the debate. But this didn't have the ratings value of Trump and Clinton in 2016. The yeah. ratings were way down for this one. Um, now, so. could it have helped, or not helped, but could it have, uh, a factor have been that this was a Fox News channel debate uh-huh. and some people are like there's no way that channel's ever going to show well, up. Well, but my it was TV. shown everywhere else. I watched it on MSNBC. Okay. Um so Because are we taking the amalgamated ratings to put them together? I believe so, but you know what I did not even um Here's the thing. I think most people tuned out after 10 minutes. Yeah. I, mean, I stayed in because I just wa- it was yeah, it was the same way where we go to the circus to watch the high wire act and that deep dark Jungian part of us is like, hey, what happens if they fall? <laughs> you know, we can't that's help it. That's, circus that's the dark side. But what I'm saying, I was watching it saying, how far off the rails can this go? I almost wanted to do the drinking game, but I just don't drink that much. Well, you know, and I guess I've told somebody, even water would have put you in the hospital. With <laughs> so nothing was safe. Yeah. Um, it was, I would like to assume that there's going to be a second and third presidential debate and that Steps are taken on both sides. Uh, my issue with Wallace, it's, yeah, there, there's bias. And I know for the next debate planned, the moderator is a former Joe Biden intern. That doesn't necessarily, for me, remove them from the equation. You can have a history and say, you know what, I can still be. Right. Uh, so I'm not screaming for this person. So I can't remember his name. I'm not screaming for their head. But hopefully devices are in place, physical and and. Well, and that's the thing, right, because really, I mean, Chris Wallace, he was terrible, but he he was hamstrung by the fact that it is the president, and he has to have a certain level of respect, and it is the vice president, the former vice president. Short of cutting off his mic, what could he have done, really? Because at one point, he did try to say, your team agreed to these rules, Mm -hmm. and you're not abiding by them. Um, The one... the one thing I did hear from the right a lot that I thought was unfair was that he inter- that Wallace interrupted the president too much, which I thought was unfair because he certainly wasn't interrupting him in his time that was his to speak. He was interrupting him when Trump was interrupting Biden. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, he was in inter- it because Trump shouldn't have been allowed to just go off on Biden's time unchecked. That's not appropriate either. But short of standing up and saying, you know, you agreed to these Black I actually would have liked to have what? seen that. My two main problems with Wallace and and, and I, uh, Biden was Biden and Trump was Trump. And to be honest, I was impressed that Biden. Uh, I uh, how can I say this? Held it together. Mm-hmm. Was 
was not as gaff prone or wandering as sometimes he is. And I know, you know, I see that pictures going on. There's a wire here oh, and a wire. Gosh, there was I no have wire. No, well, probably not. I like to think not, but I because I was impressed with that the Biden gave as good as he got. However, Biden did give as good as he got. So one problem I have with Wallace was the woman who's chastising Trump for interrupting. Trump said he's interrupting too, and Wallace's response was, "Yeah, but not as much as you." And to be an unbiased moderator, it's like, no, you don't True. get to say, well, I'm only going to pick on you because cause here's the thing. Biden did it first. The interrupting started when Trump was answering the first question, and Biden interrupted him three times before. I think at that moment, Trump said, okay, <laughs> so we can interrupt. Gotcha. So there, there's that. That was, And that's where I knew it was off the rails, mm-hmm. that there's no way Wallace was going to be able to get it back. The second thing is that there were so many what we in the writing world call cliffhangers and they were never followed up on. Right. You know, I no longer support the Green New Deal. I support the Biden deal. What's the next question that should be asked by anybody of journalistic integrity? What's that? Right, right. But, okay, on to the next one. And they, and that, I think, was... Hunter Biden. No, he wasn't... This is the, or, or this has been disproved. How is it... Next question. How has it been disproved? Right. But I think part of that is that they were... You know, I both teams... This put so many restrictions on the time limit per subject and the actual... And but that was out subjects. the window, though. It was if it's out, out the window, window, embrace it and say, okay, well, let's take 30 seconds, because I would have said, Mr. President, be quiet. He just said... Yes, but... He does no longer... But, you know, they agreed to... They agreed to... You know, because they were going off on what what was... I forget now. One of the subjects, and... <laughs> There's so many to choose from. Right. It was time to go on to the next one, so he did cut off... Um, I just remember well, they're stacking the Supreme Court's refusal to answer that. But the Hunter did. Biden, the, the money wasn't, it's been disproven this money wasn't paid, but it was. The Green New Deal, I mean, these are things that right, I that, wanted to hear the answer, especially if I were an undecided voter. Right, and that's why I'm saying it's it's an issue with the setup of the debates in the first place. Agreed. And that's where it needs to be dealt with, because, he, yes, the rules went out the window, but the rules went out the window with the two of them, that doesn't, I, I can see Wallace's point where that doesn't give me the right to start asking questions that I was specifically, you know, stay on, to, stay on this topic. my this. stance that he's the most ineffective, ineffectual, I, I'm all for Joe Rogan doing the next one. But they definitely do, you definitely do see in the primary debates more um, policy questions. And Going back to 2016 on the Republican side, yes, as but well. unfortunately, when you have 17 on the stage, it's hard. To, it's hard to hear. It's, yes, it's, but for whatever reason, we do do a better job of that in the primary mm-hmm. than we do when it comes down to absolutely and that, agree. That's a fault on both sides. I'll say it's a fault of the system, that, and everybody's allowing the system to happen. Um, that you know, we don't hear as much policy. Mm-hmm. I would this love artist. it. This is something I think we can agree on. So let's, we're at 35 minutes, so I think we can summarize. My summary on this one is it was a debacle. It was a beautiful debacle that so, something to tell the grandkids about. Ah, the great presidential non debate of 2020. Uh, there were no winners, uh, in my opinion, and uh, especially with, with the moderator. And I think to me, it should push for a, a drive to have a debate. To say, okay, this is so off the rails, we have to reform this. I would, I would listen to. I don't care if it's a podcast with six listeners. If they come up with a debate format that's an actual debate format, I'd be all over it. And I would go. I would say that I think that 
we should take the pre the president and the president's opponent out of the decision making process on the rules and even their campaigns. Let the RNC and the DNC and some other organization hash it out on what the rules are. And even that's a little bit too partisan because they're going to want to. <coughs> sorry, um, I had that cough. In my I'm not talking about that. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry, saying, I couldn't help myself. That don't was let the people who you're voting on be the ones to decide the rules. Agreed. I think we kind of agree more more on this. So we're really purple on this one. This is, yes. this is flat out with lilac. Model, and uh, what if we purple? could have the next one over Zoom, then the moderator can mute Trump, and then we're all better off. Well, you know why it was? Because <laughs> if it's Zoom, the right will be, ah, he's reading his, you know. Right, And right. they'll be zooming in to thousand magnification to see if the screen's reflected in his cornea, <laughs> that kind of stuff. That That's where we are. So that there are no true. easy answers to this one. But, but by golly, let's get a debate going. Yeah. I mean, we, that's I what mean, I say. American public deserves it, to have a real Absolutely. debate on real issues. And let's and get some follow-up questions. Biden dropped three bombshells to me that I would love to hear the answers for that he's yet to yet to follow up. Yeah. So there, there's that. Awesome. We're two down. Well, let's go for the hat trick. I was going to say, do you want to just quit over yeah. ahead? <laughs> oh, pick the topic and I'll let you know. Oh my gosh. Uh, what's What else has been going on besides uh, COVID and... I don't even know what else. There's, there's a tie. I hesitate to, to raise it up because uh -oh. I I really thought you would have come up with it. Oh, and what did I miss? Well, here we go. We're 37 minutes. Let's see if we can keep this very brief because I don't think we're going to be far apart on it. Governor Abbott. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I fed that one to you there. Oh, but I was thinking about it earlier, but then we got off on national politics. So... Let's explain what's happened. Yes. Governor Abbott has signed an executive order that has gotten rid of all but one... Uh, mail-in ballot drop-off location for each county in Texas. Now, wait, how many counties? Like 200, 254. 200, so. And if you were a Beto supporter, you would know that. <laughs> I'll give you that. So, you know, one could say, well, hey, there are 254 drop-off points, but we're talking Harris County. We're talking... Five million people. Here's the thing. It's one thing to say that in Delaware or Rhode right. Island or Connecticut or... Uh, Pick a smaller state right. to have Texas. Uh, Governor Abbott, not the brightest move in the world. You can say, from my perspective, well, it's to cull down on, on, on voter fraud. My whole stance on the mail-in ballots, which is, I think, when our first or second episode, mm -hmm. was take fraud out the window. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe it exists to a small extent. You don't need to have a million people voting fraudulently. You just need 100 voting in the right places. That being said, it's the infrastructure. And you've just hobbled the infrastructure right. of being able to handle it. Have one drop-off location. Now, these are mail-in ballots, and in Texas, you have to be 65 or older, you have to have disabled. A, or have a sickness. So it can, Or it have a sickness, have but not be. a fear of sickness. And that's right. the big difference. Right. But... Um, and so, realistically, I don't. Here's my stance. In theory, it shouldn't really matter that much. In practice, it's a really bad move. Right. Well, so and the let's, optics let's alone are just Let's explain a couple of things. So, people have been calling them drop-off boxes, which makes it sound like basically when it's you go to the post office, yeah. right? And you, but it's not. So, these were government buildings where you would go 
in or have a government official come out to you and you would present your ballot and your ID mm -hmm. and you were the only person allowed to bring your ballot. If you and your husband drive together, you give your ballot and your ID, your husband gives his ballot and his ID, your next door neighbor in the back seat gives their ballot and their ID. Your dead uncle Bob gives his... Oh. <laughs> and the official takes the that in. and puts it into the official safe that they have. Mm -hmm. So it is not just people coming through, driving through, throwing things out the window and going on. So this is, I mean, what Abbott is saying is that he does not trust the government officials on the ground in Texas to properly handle ballots. And yes. that's offensive. And I'm not a fan either. And this is why, you know, I went on to raise it because I, I really thought that would be number one on your, on your list. And so, I, again, optics alone are bad. Have one for each Major in Montgomery County alone, right now, or once early voting starts, there's six or seven uh, uh, voting oh, places. Oh, there's eight early voting locations. Eight, okay, eight. Usually six or seven. So they've even added, added one. And I'm the first one to say Republicans should not convey the impression or actually do a voter suppressive technique. This, to me, unfortunately, smacks of it. I don't believe that's in his intent. Oh, it's totally his intent. But totally. it. At the very least, it, it, well, I was about to give an analogy that was really weird. There's some things that just look bad that you didn't have to do. Have one for each precinct have, or a per capita situation. Definitely per capita. I mean, there's there's almost a 1,000 voting precincts in Harris County, so you definitely can't have one per precinct. But I can guarantee you, Governor Abbott, there's an and I'll follow it up with, with something at the end. Governor Abbott, I can guarantee you there are enough people on both sides who want to make sure there's, there is a fair voting process going on because Republicans want to win cleanly. Well, and that's what, you and know, I, if you I can't believe... win on your platform, then you suppress the other side's votes. And that is exactly, and that is why he picked Democratic counties to make examples of. Um, but It's it's just, well, unfor yeah, unfortunately, Harris County, uh, sorry, not unfortunately, Harris County is Democratic. Harris County is a Democratic base, and unfortunately for Governor Abbott, you selecting you know one per county. Again, Montgomery County, we could actually survive with that. And that's Liberty yeah. County, but don't take Harris, don't take Travis, don't take um uh, uh Bear yeah who's who's Dallas the uh, Dallas is it Dallas County mm -hmm. in Dallas? Oh, okay, yeah. well there you go. It's we're too big, you know. Again, in theory, the number of people who won't cast a ballot or something is is minuscule. You know, it would counterbalance any fraud that's out there. Let's say it's. I don't think it was the brightest move ever. Yeah. And now here's the plus side to this because I'm all I am Mr. Law and Order, believe it or not, and and I mean for realsies. I, I believe uh, in due process and uh, I believe in the judicial system. Of course, there are flaws. That being said, there are legal remedies for this. This happened early enough. Governor Abbott did not spring it on October 14th. Right. And so where this can work its way up, it's already uh, a suit's been filed with the right. Texas Supreme Court. It could go through district or even SCOTUS on top of that. Uh, so there are legal remedies. There are. I, I trust in the system. And I hope, I want to take, if nothing else, I want to take every reason away for our first post-election day or, or 
winter decided uh, episode <laughs> of Purple Politics. Might be December. <laughs> might be 2022 for all we know. I want to take away every reason for her to say, well, I told you so. Mm-hmm. That, so I'm very, very selfish about this. And I will say it too. Yeah, she will. So Governor Abbott, for me, rethink that position and uh, please let uh, uh, the judicial process take its proper course. Yes. And let me just spend a couple minutes real quick at the end doing some voter education. Yes, please. So um, the mail-in ballots, if you have already applied for your mail-in ballot, you may, uh, as you're watching this, say, hey, I haven't actually received my mail-in ballot yet. Um, and that is because Montgomery County has had a record number of requests. Um, they started mailing out mail-in ballots on September 21st, mm-hmm. and they had close to 22,000 requests at that point. Wow. And their mail system can only handle two to 3,000 mail-outs a day. So right off the top, it was going to take many days, many more days than usual, to send them all out. And then in the midst of that, there was a lawsuit, which we didn't have time to talk about today, about the straight ticket uh, voting. Yeah. And so... Uh, we, we can talk about it. The federal judge uh, put a stay on the the law uh, saying, no, we are going to allow straight ticket right. voting again because of COVID, and then that was overturned. I'm glad that that got overturned and for the same reason that I hope this thing with Governor Abbott gets straightened out because the election cycle's already started. Now it's not the time to throw wrenches right. in there on both sides. Yes. I Yeah, I, I don't think it was fair to just make changes. So I mean, the ballot had already been printed. It had already been mailed to overseas. Mm-hmm. Um Americans who are voting overseas, so it was definitely poor timing. Um, so in Montgomery County, at least, Election Central stopped mailing out the mail-in ballots for a few days while that worked its way through the courts, and okay. then they restarted. So, yes, hopefully this goes out on Monday. Hopefully by then everybody has received theirs that put their application in before the 21st of September. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't, give it a few more days before you start flooding them with phone calls because... Who can you call? Because there's going to be so many... My mother had 42 questions of me. I've gotten <laughs> like four ballots. You haven't gotten a ballot in the mail. Everyone sending you got right. applications. So you can call, um, if it is about, did you receive my application, have you mailed my mail-in ballot, have you received my ballot back, you can call uh, Election Central, which I don't know the number off the top of my head, but their website is Montgomery. It's a good thing we have a producer who's going to throw the phone number at the bottom of our screen right here. Uh, But the website is MontgomeryVotes.org, and their phone number is at the top of that. Also, MontgomeryVotes.org. Remember that. Also on MontgomeryVotes.org, they every day put the updated roster of who has already voted. So if your ballot has been counted, your name will be on that list. So really? you can go check that, yes. That is good to know. Yep. There are devices in place, I think, that we're going to make this smooth. If we can just get poopy heads on both sides to <laughs> stop throwing monkey wrenches in the works and go off your platform. Right. Don't give the other side. She doesn't want me saying, I told you so either. It's so for our sake and the sake of our viewers, yeah. let the system yeah. work best. And if you get mail that you're not sure of, we fielded a ton of calls at Montgomery County Democratic Headquarters. I've gotten messages personally about, I received this in the mail. Is it legit? You can always reach out to your party's headquarters um, and find out. There are a lot of third-party entities that are sending out applications to vote by mail, and the Republican Party and the Democratic 
party send out applications to vote by mail to people that they are pretty sure are supporters of the respective parties. So if you receive something in the mail and you're not sure if it's official, feel free to bring it in or give us a call um, at Montgomery County headquarters and we can get help you figure out um, if it's something that you need to worry about or not. Now, speaking of Monday, that will be October 5th. Now, yes. is that not the deadline that for voter registration? That is the last day for voter registration. At what time? So I believe it's 5 p.m. Um, and... So if you're watching us right now, yes, go. and if it's before 5, go hit Kroger or the, the post office or somewhere. Well, the post office stopped uh, putting out voter registration Well, that cards. was dumb, post that office. That was a directive from Trump's uh, appointee to head the White House. Uh, that was dumb. Again, office. optics, people. If nothing else, it doesn't look good. But Put them back. The Montgomery County Democratic Headquarters at 704 North Thompson Street in Conroe, Suite 195. We will have a VDR there, and we've talked about that before, that somebody who's registered by the county to get you uh, registered. And so... VDR. Yes, Volunteer Deputy Registrar. Gotcha. And they've been deputized to register voters. So you can go up to headquarters uh, Monday and there will be somebody there that will will fill out the form with you and they will take it up to um, Election Central for you that day so you'll be registered and ready to go. And I would be remiss in not intimating that very likely the Republican counterpart office has the same possibly. thing. Quite possibly. Why don't you <laughs> take a chance and find out. But here's the thing. You can go to the Democratic headquarters like you said. I could go in Yes, there. it is a nonpartisan. It, doesn't, it yes. doesn't sign you up as a Democrat. It does not sign you We don't, yes. And, um, and we have to register you. Um, and in Texas, you don't register for a party. So we don't yeah. even, technically don't even know unless you tell us. Um, and just I just lost it. What else I was going to say? Well, we're talking but, about the, uh, the ability to register because it is October 5th, Monday, right. which is possibly when you're seeing this episode. If it's before 5 o'clock. Get registered. And then early voting begins? On October 13th. Mm -hmm. That's a Tuesday because of the holidays. Um, It's 8 to 5 for the first week. I forget the weekend hours. What's October the 12th? uh, It's Indigenous People Day. Oh, my gosh. Of course it is. And so go to MontgomeryVotes.org again for the specific times each day because the weekend hours are different. And the closer you get to the election, the longer they're open. Uh, So you want to make sure that you uh, are there at the right time. There you go. So please register to vote. Yes. Uh, register and, uh, and then vote and vote smart. Absolutely. You know, uh, everyone's got truths. My truths don't necessarily join up with hers and vice versa. That's why it's up to you to take in as much information as possible. Uh, and come to an educated or an informed, I don't want to say educated, an informed decision. Absolutely. And there is a nonpartisan website that can help you with that, the League of Women Voters at 411.org, voter411.org. <laughs> and they send out the same um, questionnaire to each um, two opponents in a race. Yes, so each the, candidate. Um, the races don't get the same questionnaire. It's, it's structured to that specific race, and they print them verbatim. Um, they make no editorial changes whatsoever, not even to fix grammar mistakes or spelling mistakes. So you can go to voter411.org, put in your address, find your ballot, and read up on both sides. I have to admit, a few years ago, uh, I was putting together one of those uh, magazines that had that, and I was crying and dying on the inside. I, with, I, I wanted to change it so much, but I, I couldn't. I it is. And uh, But there you go. That, you know, some... To me, that would actually affect my vote possibly on on your grammar skills. Yeah, so there you depending go. What the race is. Well, get us out of here, Amy. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You've been watching Purple Politics, a discussion between the red and the blue here in the Woodlands, brought to you by the Woodlands Online. 
You can watch us on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel, over the air on KVQT HD 21, or listen to us. Say that five times very fast. On the Woodlands podcast page, as well as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And if you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please email us at woodlandspurplepolitics, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. The views expressed during this show are mine and my co-host alone and not reflective of any particular political party or organization.